0: Good evening, Jamsters, and welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Plenty to talk about on this edition as we delve into the Northeast Division of the NBA. And of course, there's that whole Bobby Sarver thing that we're going to be talking about, Matthew. Robert Sarver. The the saga has ended or is just beginning or who knows anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Almost over, maybe who knows, but he's coming back, so that's gonna be awkward. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> you know, it might be a little awkward him walking back through those doors after a year, makes no sense.
0: Yeah, it makes no sense, and it's definitely something that we're going to touch on on the front end of this podcast. Uh, and then of course, we're going to delve into the Northeast Division, which uh, is something that you know is is definitely going to affect the Phoenix Sun, seen as it's a Western conference foe and seen as the utah jazz have completely changed how that division looks so it's gonna be interesting talking about what they've done the transactions they've done and how that kind of affects the phoenix suns right
1: yeah yeah yeah. and i'm so glad utah jazz are blown up me too I think that's a hundred percent of us so i think we're gonna be happy to talk about that one it's just we're tired of that team right tired of yeah. every season the same shit yeah, yeah. No, we're sick of the players that were on it. Now they're in different places. So let's see if it actually helps them in their careers a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it makes them because uh, they weren't really fan favorites over there in Utah. So maybe it like blossoms their career into something where they become an actual player you can root for <laughs> somewhere <laughs> I don't know. else. I
0: don't, know. don't know if that'll ever happen for me, especially with Donovan Mitchell. But you know what? <laughs> we'll save all that. Uh, how you been, man? What's going on? I've been good. A lot of football going on.
1: Right? A lot of football guys. How are on, you, man? How's uh, how's I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm in pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> like ass, nerve son? shit, man.
0: Yeah, that ass, that sciatic nerve stuff. For any of our listeners who have ever had sciatic nerve issues, uh, you feel me? It's just painful. It's annoying. And so today I went to Sonoran Spine. Uh, I had a appointment there because I thought I was gonna go there and get an MRI. So I show up, fill out the paperwork. I sit in there. They're like, does it does it hurt here? Does it hurt here? How's that feel? I'm like, all of the above. And they're like, all right, perfect. Well, we, we need to send you to go get an MRI. I was like, oh, I, th- I thought that's a, I, I thought like today would be the day where it's like I'd get an MRI. They could take a look at some photos and be like, oh, okay, clearly mm-hmm. it's a pinched nerve or clearly it's the preformis muscle and your gluteus maximus. So that's the problem. And let's go ahead and find a solution. And they're like, okay, well, uh, we're gonna send your information to another place. They're gonna call you and reach out to make an appointment. And it's almost like the way I, I felt like And this is kind of my first really personal uh, journey into the health system, right? I'm typically like a healthy dude, like cholesterol, eh, a little bit high, but like typically I'm a healthy dude. So it's my first time experiencing this. And this is exactly what this felt like. It's felt like me going, Hey, Matthew, tomorrow, seven o'clock, let's have a podcast. Okay. And then you show up. And then when you arrive at that podcast, like, perfect. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Are you available tomorrow for another podcast? It's like scheduling a meeting to have another meeting and that's what it felt yeah.
1: like that's why you don't deal with real doctors dude i think they always just like send you to other places go to the naturopathic doctors you know they they get down to business They start, start crushing some stuff up uh you know they strip off their clothes set up set up a fire you know dance around the fire a little bit tell you not you know, to get down porn. to business yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no that, that's a bummer you're all excited you get over there and they're oh. telling you to go somewhere else the next day yeah i'm sorry john yeah, it
0: is what it is, but it's just I can't sleep at night because the pain in my butt, Uh the nerve just fires and wakes you <laughs> yeah. up. And you're just like, ah, you know, yeah. and like I get the that dog too. comes running in.
1: Dude, my butthole hurts sometimes. Like, I think it's like I get abducted or something and like all of a sudden my butthole hurts and I wake up. And where are you? <laughs> I'm in my room. Oh, I must have just come. I must have just came back. though. They they beamed
0: you down, Scotty. Well, I have a different pain in the ass. Mine's more of a nerve and okay. like the gluteus. The, the hole is fine. The whole, and, and that's all there is to report here at the Suns Jam Session Podcast. John's hole is fine. It's fine. Well, <laughs> welcome again, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're enjoying this, whether you're watching along live on YouTube or listening on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. If you're on Apple, give us a five-star review. Uh, And again, you know, it's going to be a fun and interesting Uh, season ahead of us and it's going to start with some very interesting news relative to robert sarver so uh if you're sitting around and you need to pop something open i recommend a corn free beer oh i remember those budweiser (laughs) the king of beers pop them if you got
1: them pop it open
0: it didn't really do much it's probably because it has lack of corn but let's uh (laughs) talk some Suns, baby
1: new intro new music matthew Ooh, new intro i love what are it your thoughts i like it it reminds me of like a ringer intro you know yeah, did you make that yourself a... you did I did didn't you I... yeah i can just tell i there's like one person on the ringer that makes all their intros and it just seemed like something that guy would have put out i love i
0: appreciate it. that that's kind of what I was going for what, what's your favorite ringer intro
1: um oh man i don't know i think the one for um I can't remember. I know the Ryan Russillo one's okay. Yeah. But it just sounds like farts, kind of. <laughs> um, like <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> but uh, I like there's one. I don't remember if I even listen to that podcast anymore, but there was one. It was an NBA one, but it wasn't the one. It wasn't the mismatch one. It was another one.
0: Or the but, real um, ones.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But I gotta your, say,
0: uh, the, the fantasy football show that they have at the ringer—I just love the way it's just like—it's pretty good. Slow builds, yeah. and it's like, welcome. Just, it just—it drops at the right time, so yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. New, new intro, getting ready. You know, here we go. New season kicking off, and what better stuff to kick off with than Robert Sarver information? The the news finally broke yesterday morning, about nine a.m. Uh, we've all been waiting for about a year now. You know, some allegations came out. Uh, Baxter Holmes reported that last year about a bunch of different people who you know were remaining anonymous uh, because they didn't want to have retaliation occur mm-hmm. at work. But they were talking about a lot of the negative things that Robert Sarver said and did and some of the actions he did and kind of the way that he conducted himself around the Phoenix Suns organization and in the actual workplace. You know, and it's it's interesting to think of because from the outside looking in, you know, we're fans of a team. We're fans of the Phoenix Suns and we love the product that's on the the court most of the times, you know, sometimes, and we've been through de- a decade before where we weren't a necessarily a big fan of the product that was on the court. Uh, but we care about this team because we have an emotional connection to this team. And one thing that gets lost in the shuffle a lot of time is the fact that there's a lot of people who make what the Phoenix suns do happen. And at the head of that is, and walking around the office essentially is you have Robert Sarver and, you know, much akin to any workplace, there's workplace politics and there's, you know, th- th- there's, There's things that should happen and things that shouldn't happen in a workplace, and it sounds like the Phoenix Suns, you know, were alleged to have uh, a culture that allowed some of these things to occur. And it finally came out after those reports about a year ago. Sham Sharania tweeted out yesterday uh, that the NBA has suspended Suns owner Robert Sarver for one year from the Suns and Mercury organization based on the league investigation. Server has also been fined ten million dollars. And must complete training pro uh, uh, training program focused on respect and appropriate workplace conduct.
1: Do you think that that training is going to work for him? Um, you know what? I I don't know. Is this like a first or second chance thing? I feel like, you know, a lot of people always deserve a second chance, right? The first chance, I don't know what the hell that is, but a second chance. Let's let's give this guy maybe a second chance. Maybe that's what they're thinking. But it's kind of weird because. I think that a lot of people can change and they can improve themselves. This guy's old as hell, right? I mean, he's obviously a misogynist, a racist. Mm -hmm. There's things that he threw around the office where you just can't do and you would be let go. Um, A lot of people could get a second chance, and it's an opportunity for him to do so. Um, It's a year off, and if he were to come back, which would be hella awkward, but if he's a changed man, I mean, he would be maybe accepted back. It's just he knows he's so personal with a lot of these guys, even Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker probably knows him very, very well. And there were a lot of people like Sarver or um, Silver said where there's just certain things that he heard Silver that is that you know he, he can't really release, but he just knows like they were kind of not positive things, but there's just things that kind of held them back from like really just letting him go, you know, instead of the one year just getting rid of them, abandoning him. And I just think that there's just something there with Sarver with this group of um, owners, with this organization, people he knows where. We just don't know, obviously, but that's what's keeping him there still. Mm -hmm. And we just don't know what that is. It's just like one of those things where it's like it's kind of like the people that don't admit that they love like they like love Trump. Right. They just support Trump because of the way he is. Right. It's Mm -hmm. just like those people won't come out and say, hey, like, actually, you know, he's a decent guy. Keep him around. You just can't do that in this kind of situation. But it just seems like that's what's holding him there and maybe a second chance. But obviously, we all want him out. And we oh, always yeah. have for a long time and including this just made it even worse so we all want them out for sure but i don't know man it's kind of a weird ruling where it's just one year
0: yeah well you know the training program like have you ever been to corporate training programs before where you have to sit down and they're like all right it's our annual like uh anti uh, you know anti harassment training right have you ever been a part of any of those no no. Wow. You've not worked yeah. for corporations then. Uh, <laughs> I not only have to like attend them, sometimes I have to facilitate them uh, with my teams and things of that nature. And like nine times out of 10, you got somebody in the corner who's not listening. It, essentially, it's a check mark. You know, it's like, well, you know, we, we told him that you couldn't say those words. Uh, We had that training on the 13th of July. Remember that? I mean, that's the whole purpose of those things. So I don't know if this is really going to, like, rehabilitate Robert Sarver from just kind of being the scuzzy guy that he is. And, again, this is from the outside looking in. I don't know him personally. Uh, And, you know, in the court of public opinion, he has been guilty for about a year now. Uh, I don't know if, again, treatment, you know, and going to these different classes, this appropriate workplace conduct program is going to change the way that he looks and feels about. People And the way that he verbalizes that, he might not say in the workplace, but behind closed doors, he's still probably a prick. Uh, $10 million, that's a big chunk of change, not to Robert Sarver. And Sham Sharania went on to to kind of break it down a little bit. He said, key findings, the NBA says, Robert Sarver said the N-word at least five times when recounting statement of others, made sex-related, inappropriate comments about physical appearance of females, uh, inappropriate physical conduct towards men, engaging in harsh treatment. You know, when when you first saw all this, what were your initial what were your initial thoughts when you saw the results of this investigation that was reported?
1: Honestly, though while it's even going on for the last year, I just think that a lot of the people that are in the room with him that they're looking around at each other, like, you know what, <laughs> we've all done this stuff. Everything that everyone's complaining about, this is just happening everywhere in the NBA, in the NFL, anywhere where someone has power like a Robert Sarver. Yeah. So I just think like it wasn't too long. I think it's only been a couple years since like really like the whole blackface thing and saying the N word like that's nailing the coffin. Like you can't like people used to joke around still TV shows. Joe Rogan got almost excommunicated from everything because of it. Like they were using the word just like nonchalantly. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, no, you can't. So it's just, I can just see a lot of the people like Sarver who are in charge are just they're like, this is the way we've been acting. So could we just, you know, give them the year, and you know, we'll all do better. We just can't act this way anymore. So, I just think it's because there was nothing, of course, on tape. There was nothing recorded. Yeah, it's all there he was said, no she said gun. stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, of course, it sucks with the one year when it was released. I'm like, okay, but it just makes sense because I just feel like a lot of these guys are just that way. That's the way the work environment's there. I mean, you hear about it all the time.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know, again, from from the outside looking in, the frustrating thing is, you know, my reaction is I see what the penalty is. And again, I say $10 million, pff, that's nothing to Sarver. Okay, he's he's got to go yeah. to some kind of training. Pff, that's nothing. I'm like, how long is he gone? You know, suspended one year? One year. If I was to do any of those things in the workplace, I'd be canned. There'd be no, hey, listen, man, like yeah. you're really valuable to the, com- the company. I don't care if I was... You know, like like I'm I'm in leadership. I'm I should be ex- held extra accountable for my actions. I I lead the way. I set the standard. And if I was to do anything like that, I, my ass would be on the street sooner than than you know I could finish trying to justify anything that I tried to try to say. And when you see what the the penalty is for Sarver, only one thing comes to mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. These rules don't apply to us, man. This is a different world we're living in, you know, because you got to think like with no smoking gun, it's a good old boys club. At the end of the day, good, bad, or indifferent, it's exactly what it is. The NBA, much akin to many corporate cultures throughout the entire, uh, uh, you know, entire world, is a good old boys club. And, you know, one good thing that's come from social media is it's given people a voice. It's given people an opportunity to stand up and try to, fight back against the machine, if you will, and say, Hey, you know, like this is something that happened to me and you can't just make it go away because there's so many conduits to express exactly what's happened to me. And more and more people are utilizing this voice in a positive manner to, you know, it's, it's not tattletaling. It's telling the truth of, of things that have happened in their workplace that is negative. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you're dealing with massive corporations that make millions and millions of dollars and, and billionaires, who are in a club of you know there's 30 of them who are majority owners of teams in the NBA they're not going to sit there and let one of their guys die in the cross because the you know because that sets a standard that sets a precedent you know if one guy if you know to what to what you just said Matthew you know somebody remembers Joe Rogan you know making some uh, joke a few years ago you know 10 15 years ago and they're trying to you know cancel him essentially uh, it's the same thing for these owners it's like well if if we kicked out Bobby Sarver out of the league for saying these negative things and acting in this rude manner, Lord knows that they've all done it too. And, and if anybody at any time, any place could come with some accusations and ultimately cost, cost these guys their jobs. So unfortunately, it's just another example of how the system is broken, on how the accountability exists for, you know, not the majority, you know. Or, 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 or yeah. when, you're, when you're one of the elite, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter! If you're one of the elite, it doesn't matter.
1: That's how it's supposed to be. That's the way you make it, right? You're one of these fools that are up there that are in power. Like, that's how you make it in this world, basically. If if you want the money, a lot of them, like, they're just that way. And, you know, it, it's been that way for forever until, of course, recently. But yeah. that's how we all looked up but to, even, like, hey, even recently, you got to be an though. asshole to be in that position. Like, you have to be the asshole. You have to be the guy. But you can't tell. You get in a certain situation. If you see things, you hear things, you know, you don't, you don't say anything. And it's been that way. It's still that way. It's just now it's getting a little bit easier. But like Robert Sauber just has to be abandoned and try to find his way back to the NBA if he wants to in a way. But, but he, but needs he to will, just though. Be abandoned. He, this is
0: a slap on his wrist. He no, will, no I
1: mean, like he needs like I'm saying like he needed just to be exhausted. John. So just gone. Just yeah. gone from the NBA. Uh, but, yeah,
0: it's unacceptable behavior. You know, and again, it, it creates a culture that is uh, toxic and people don't want to be a part of. And, you know, then things can start to fall apart. And to your point, as you were saying earlier, it's yeah. like, okay, he goes away for a year. Okay, then it's awkward when he has to come back. And that that's another frustrating part of this. Great read uh, by Dave King on Bright Side of the Sun today in saying, okay, well, as, as he departs, as Robert Sarver departs, who's going to be the decision maker while he's gone? And Robert Sarver is going to be one of the people who is actually picking who his replacement is for a year. And Dave made some great points in that article as kind of to why, because you don't want to have somebody who takes over for a year and then kind of ruins the culture, tries to actually change things, God Mm. forbid. And then Sarver has to come back and then it's awkward for him. So he has a hand in kind of choosing who his replacement is. And again, I think it's just another, it's a slap on the wrist for the guy. And then you hear what his statement is uh, following everything that went on. And the, the following statement is attributed to Mr. Sarver. Good leadership requires accountability. For the Suns and Mercury organizations, that begins with me. While I disagree with some of the particulars of the NBA's report, I would like to apologize for my words and actions that offended our employees. I take full responsibility for what I have done. I'm sorry for causing this pain, and these errors in judgment are not consistent with my personal philosophy or my values. I accept the consequences of the NBA's decision. This moment is an opportunity for me to demonstrate a capacity to learn and grow as we continue to build a working culture where every employee feels comfortable and valued. I uh, he talks about, you know, like, he's just happy to be a member of the suns it's just i i'm good job whoever wrote that for him
1: yeah these things don't matter to me i don't really care and like we were talking about joe rogan the only way like you can really apologize is to really like kind of what he did where you just go on video you just it, you admit that you make mistakes yeah. and you work towards it. like it's just kind of weird like how he didn't agree with some of it. it's like of course there's probably some things in there that like he was like i don't remember that shit like, he has a full life of being an asshole. Like, how does he remember everything? Every you know time I mean? he was like, an asshole? Yeah, exactly. Like, how would he ever remember every single bit of it? So, I mean, it's it's just weird. These statements that come out is bullshit. Who cares? Whatever's happening for the year where they're actually doing the investigation, like, who knows what the fuck's going on? Like, how many, how many things are actually left out? Like, I'm yeah. reading about the Manson murders. It's like, oh, my God. There's so many things where it's like, what? I didn't know that. Like, I'm not saying this is the Manson murders, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, it, there's so much shit that goes on and we don't know but it just has to be that way otherwise we'd burn this mother down right if we well, knew exactly what was going on like we would never be suns fans right
0: no well if, if we knew exactly what was going on the sport wouldn't exist because there's probably so much lewd and and inappropriate conduct. And I mean, that's just the the seedy side of the NBA is something that's kind of been overturned during this investigation. And I think it's valuable for people to kind of digest that and think about that when they uh, are fans of this team, you know, good, again, good, bad, or indifferent Uh, as a leader, you shouldn't conduct yourself in that manner. And I don't think that it's any excuse. And, you know, he he says that in the statement and then to your point, you're right. It doesn't matter. Uh, who cares what his statement is? Cause like you said, it is all bullshit. You know, it's, it's the good old boys club. Uh, he got away with a slap on the wrist. Uh, it's annoying that he continues to get away with this kind of actions. And, you know, he says he's going to learn and this is an opportunity to learn. Like you can't teach an old dog, new tricks. Uh, every report, you know, you, you hear great things from some of the players, but you see a lot of, the other, you know, the, the minutiae, if you will. And it's, it's just a lot of negative things. And it's, and it's unfortunate because it's a negative story about the Phoenix Suns. And, yeah. you know, it's a team that I love and I, I don't know how many, there's only one guy I know who defends Robert Sarver and that's So Says Jay. And I know that they just released a pod over on Fanny of the Flames. <laughs> and I, I got to listen to that one because he just, oh, I, really? I think he okay. just defend him because So Says Jay is, you know, he's got that lawyer in him. He's, he likes to argue just to argue. yeah, It's kind of yeah, fun yeah. for him. It's fun to try to, you know, outwit you with, Fact instead of feeling, yeah. and a lot of people have feeling towards Robert Sarver, but this has become fact and there's consequences due to fact. I think what's frustrating for Suns fans isn't necessarily the fact that there's consequences, it's the lack of the severity of the consequences, is what it's what got my blood up a little bit when I first read this.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I don't feel like anything's really enough nowadays, anyways. Right? I mean, if he if he was just gone from the NBA, like really cool, you know, it was that well would deserved. be enough. That, that would be enough, right? Yeah, okay.
0: that would be enough for me. That's all I got to (laughs) say, you know? Yeah. So anything else on Bobby Sarver that you want to talk about?
1: No, I can't wait to see him again.
0: Yeah, whatever. Fuck that guy. I'm sorry. All right. So what we're going to get into next is we're going to be looking at the Northwest division as we prepare for the regular season. So this is the division that includes the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Utah Jazz. So, where do you want to start? Should we start with Utah? Let's I mean, do it. They're, they're the ones who are making all yeah, the Yeah, we brought them up. So. Yeah, yeah, already brought them up. So, let's let's take a look at what they've done this off-season. They're a team that's definitely uh made so many moves <laughs> that it was hard to fit it all in um in into one thing. This is a team that just blew it up. You know, you look at DraftKings, their over under win total projection is 25.5 wins. Uh Currently, they are plus 20,000 to win the division. This is a team, you know, that's been winning the division for quite some time, and they're a plus 20,000. And, well, it's quite simple. Via trade, they gained Leandro Balmero from Minnesota, Jared Vanderbilt from Minnesota, Walker Kessler from Minnesota, Malik Beasley from Minnesota, and Pat Bev from Minnesota. That was all part of the trade for Rudy Gobert. They also received Lori Markinon, Colin Saxton, and... I can't get, you, you say this guy's name.
1: Achi Arqabali?
0: There you go. Is that, uh, from you Cleveland go. in the Donovan Mitchell trade. They also got THT, Taylor Horton Tucker from the Lakers as well. as Stanley Johnson didn't have any picks in the draft. They lost Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Daniel house, Wancho Herman Gomez, Trent force, Pat Bev, who they gained, they gave to the Lakers in an effort to get Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson and Royce O'Neal to the Brooklyn nets. Uh, they still have free agents in Hosan Whiteside and Eric Pascal. And their starting five is who uh, is playing point guard has is that shooting guard uh at small forward fucking about power forward and clue at center. So who has a fucking <laughs> clue is the starting five for this team? Uh, yeah. Complete blow up job, man. Complete blow up job.
1: Yeah, they needed it. And there's only one more thing, though, now. It's like they got rid of everybody. Uh, no more Utah in the playoffs for a while. Thank God. You know, it's they already hard it. enough to watch Denver for some reason. And those two <laughs> going head-to-head is always a worst looking matchup on TV. Um, but I I was like, dude, now the jerseys are here. Yeah. Where they they changed the jerseys. They had the highlighted jerseys. Now it's like, what is that shit? I feel like that was like the last straw for Donovan Mitchell, just being like, hey, like I got to get out of here, <laughs> which is basically what was going on, right, between him and Gobert and like no one ever talks about how Mitchell leaving and like you know if lebron or kevin durant did this shit everybody be on their ass right yeah. now donovan mitchell's gone like nothing i hear nothing which is fine because i guess he's he's obviously not a really a super superstar but yeah they're gone but you have those jerseys and like i'm just thinking like with everyone leaving, how is this destination going to be cool again? How could they make this cool? It never was like, cool. And oh, again. Why did I say it again? Well, it never was cool. Never how could they get cool. people to play that cuz that's the way it is nowadays, right? Like, we just became a cool destination here in Phoenix, but the Utah Jazz need to do something. And I don't know what to do. Like what do you what do you what do you freaking do with this with this team, man? You I know rebuild. they're rebuilding. You just through the draft. Through the draft well, and then the, get rid the, of the difference between this year, the difference
0: between Utah and Phoenix is like we've been a destination in the past, and there's a lot of great things about true. Phoenix. Yeah. You know, Utah never has truly been a destination. Stockton and Malone were players that were drafted there, and they were in a different era in which teams stayed together longer. Uh, players signed seven, eight-year contracts just for stability. Uh, they were banking on the fact that they could get a long-term paycheck, and they wanted that security for their families. So that's what they did. Utah's never really been a destination. And now after trying to construct a team around Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert for the past three seasons, they've constantly and consistently been met with uh, adversity and, and just, they, they get played out of the playoffs because their style of basketball just wasn't working. So Danny Ainge uh, comes to Utah, uh, goes back to Utah. He actually went to BYU. Uh, but after leaving Boston comes to Utah and did this pretty kind of the same thing that he did in Boston when he first got there. So he just blew, he blew it up and he took a fucking stick of dynamite, and he chucked it at this roster, and he blew it up, and then as the particles fell down, yes, we got these shitty jazz jerseys that they're going to be bringing (laughs) out. I mean, if if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we just pulled up a picture of the jerseys. Really fucking basic shit, man. Really, They got a throwback of the jazz, you know, like the Stockton and Malone-era jazz uh, that went to the 97-98 finals. Uh, They've got, like, one that's white with the jazz note on it, and then the black and the yellow one are just, like, The yellow one looks like a fucking highlighter. So they're really in just kind of blow it up mode right now, and you can see that by the roster that they've put forth. I don't know. I mean, who's the best player on this team now? Jared Vanderbilt?
1: Well, they have Colin Sexton, right?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, they have Colin Sexton. Yeah, Larry Marketing.
1: But even then, like those are players, Colin Sexton, no one wants to play with. So coming into this, like I was like, all right, so you got Sexton, you have Marketing. Those aren't players you can really build around. Those are guys you can maybe have on a team where you're trying to build around someone else. But even then, it's like, Laurie was looking good last year, but there's just nothing there. They're coming to a ghost town. So it's going to be interesting to see like how terrible they are next year and who else is really added or taken away from the roster. Because we all know this is not the way it's going to be going into next season, I don't feel like.
0: No. Well, I, yeah, going into next season, they're definitely going to start to make an adjustments and try to utilize uh, all their assets to, to try to rebuild you know we've been there but yeah we i don't know if we blew it up in such amazing fashion so do you think that they hit over 29 wins
1: no i don't if i'm a bet man
0: I take the under on that all day, man. This is a team because, as you mentioned, you, you look at Colin Sexton, you look at Laurie Markin, and you look at Jaron Vanderbilt. These are quality players, but these are p- pieces that are designed to fit around stars to complement those stars to take some pressure off of them. They're not designed to be the star. Although Colin Sexton probably would tell you that he's there to be the star and he's going to be the guy. Who's, he, Colin Sexton, like I would love to see what his numbers are relative to you know over under on points per game because that guy's going to shoot it like fucking thirty times a game there.
1: Yeah, no, it's his actual wet dream. I feel like going there, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Have his own place, and but it must suck. Like every time you're mentioned, it's like players that want to play with you, and then you get traded, and everyone's happy. Like, what does that feel like as a player? It must feel miserable. Unless oh, you're yeah. just a miserable person and loves it, but that must be. Oh, I don't know how that would feel, but I would feel very, very grim.
0: I would too. It's just like that sucks.
1: Yeah. Into <laughs> that. <laughs> all right, who do you want to talk about next, Matthew? Let's do the Minnesota Timberwolves. Baby. All right.
0: The Timbees. All right. So they're projected oh, to shit. have 48 and a half wins. Okay. And if you take a look hmm. at uh, DraftKings and, and you're trying to figure out, you know, which is the best team to, to bet on to win the division, they're actually in second place right now. Uh, they are a plus 140. And it's interesting because you take a look at, again, if you're watching along on YouTube, you can see the graphic where we talk about all the different transactions that they did this past season. They had a ton of transactions so much akin to the Utah jazz who had a bunch of transactions as they blew it up. The wolves are really trying to maneuver their roster around and, and put the pieces around like Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony towns in an effort to try to go and get a win. Um, and I, I know the projected starting five is wrong here because they got Rudy Gobert, and I don't even have him in there at center. But we'll start with who they added. Via free agency, they got Kyle Anderson from Memphis. They got both Austin Rivers and Bryn Forbes from Denver. So they added some depth there. Uh, CJ Ellaby from Portland. Via trade, they acquired Rudy Gobert, uh, Josh Minot, who was the uh, one of the picks from the Charlotte Hornets, uh, Wendell Moore Jr. <laughs> from Houston, Ty Ty Washington and Patrick Beverly from Memphis, and Torian Prince. Um, hey didn't that. Didn't Pat they actually got rid of him. I did that one wrong. Um, Torian mm. Prince from Cleveland. They had one pick, the 19th pick, Jay LaVaria. They lost Leandro Balmero and Jared Vanderbilt and Walker Kessler and Malik Beasley and Patrick Beverly to Utah. As mentioned before, Bryce McCowans, mm. uh to Charlotte and Ty Ty Washington to Houston. And from a free agent standpoint, they still. Uh, oh, they also lost Josh Akogi to Phoenix. McKinley Wright to Orlando. Kendall Brown to Indiana. uh Jared Culver and Juan Herman Gomez to Memphis and Ricky Rubio to Cleveland. So, I mean, this is a complete roster haul. Uh, free agents, Jake Lehman and Greg Monroe. Good old Greg Monroe. He's still floating around. In the league,
1: <laughs> he huh? is, huh? Yeah, that I remember arguing about him being a good center like five years ago. I wanted him and to be a good what... center five years ago. That's yeah. An issue. <laughs> exactly. uh,
0: you look at their projected starting five, it's most likely going to be Austin Rivers at the point, D'Angelo Russell playing the two guard, Anthony Edwards at small forward, Carl Anthony Towns playing power forward with Rudy Gobert. Playing yeah, center, yeah. so I think their wins are so high because that is a, that's a good starting lineup, man. You have definitely a lot of scoring. Rudy Gobert is going to add some uh, defensive prowess during the regular season. What do you think of this Wolves team and how they have navigated the off
1: season? I have an interesting uh, perspective going into next year. Um actually towards the whole year, uh, ending into next year, where I think there's going to be a trade. I think what? there's going to be actual a trade. Yeah, I think what's going on right now is we're gonna. End up loving Rudy Gobert next year. I think he's going to be a. Yeah, no, I I seriously think so. I think we're going to love him playing on this team with Anthony Edwards. I think he's a good piece to play next to. I think he can catch those lobs, the only thing he does offensively. But I think he plays hard, dude. And I think that's what Anthony Edwards brings to this team. He wants to win. All right. Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, how many times am I going to say it? Like, is he going to be involved in the trade for DeAndre Aiden? That's what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about Carl Anthony Towns. Just, I don't feel like he has it in him to be on Edwards' level. I think he'll be out. He can't be traded yet till the end of next year. Um, but I think he's going to play himself out of this lineup and out of this team. I think Rudy, Rudy Gobert will be the sole center on the team. Um, I'm not saying it's not going to work between those two. I just think you're going to see a difference between Gobert and how hard he plays next to an Edwards. Yeah, and but then, didn't he just have an Edwards
0: in Donovan Mitchell for the past four or five seasons? The same no, kind of player, I, right? Edwards they, is amazing. Edwards, Edwards
1: is amazing. Offensively. Yeah. No, Edwards, he'll, he'll pick up the hustle. Defensively, it'll be there. It's always the thing with these young guys. The defense will come because he plays tough and he wants to be in the playoffs every year now. I don't um, know. He does, he does a lot more than Mitchell. He can finish at the rim. Uh, the ball handling Mitchell skills. Mitchell can finish at really, the rim yeah i know mitchell has like, got great ball he handling dis- skills. he disappears a lot he disappears a lot now donovan mitchell he was yeah he was awesome for a while there last year and the year before i don't know if it's because of him and rudy gobert and how much they had a tiff it just took away from his game he wasn't the same player he wasn't engaged really,
0: at all on defense that's for no sure.
1: no he wasn't he would disappear and the losses they had in the playoffs were just disgusting and i think what you're going to see here though is i think Gobert will be a good piece at center, and I think Cat is just eventually going to play himself off this team because I don't think he can win like the way Edwards wants to win. I think that's the thing between him and Mitchell. I know Mitchell wants to win, but Edwards is just—he's a different kind of athlete, man. That guy, yeah, he's He can be an absolute number one. Mitchell can be a number two, maybe, and a number three. At least he's a number three. Well, he's he's never been like as good number as number one, <laughs> exactly. But he's never been like as good as the Devin Booker. That comparison of those two, I just—I think that Cat is going to be gone i think he's going to be traded and it's nothing like he can do it's just the way cat is as a player unless he can change his demeanor which is very very tough cuz he's so far into his career i just think he's going to be gone by the end of actually going into the next summer
0: well i could see that cuz you take a look at carl anthony town's contract and currently he's on year 4 of his rookie extension his 5 year 158 so he hasn't signed anything past this so next season is the last season of his deal and this is something that's an interesting observation, you know, is let's say that the Minnesota Timberwolves have done all of this rehauling. And I think you're right. The, the guy you want to build around on this team is Anthony Edwards. He's a different kind of player. He has a different level of competitiveness. And I think that athletically he is one of the you know, he might be a top five athletic guy in this league. You know, that, that that's for another podcast, another time to really kind of break down who is on that list. Uh, and I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about you know LeBron James a great athlete. Like, yeah, but he's not at peak LeBron anymore. Like Anthony Edwards is is unbelievable. And I think that, you know, they're gonna try the Twin Towers thing. And shout out to the Jamsters who are watching along in the in the in the chat. You got Dagoon, he says Gogert and Towns will be tripping over <laughs> each other, you know, which will be interesting. Um Luke Carter oh, says nice yeah. profile pick too. Sorry. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think the Twin Towers works in the modern NBA. And what's interesting is Carl Anthony Towns is going to love living by the perimeter because he likes to shoot the three ball. The guy shoots a ton of threes and he doesn't like to play defense. Uh, he can, but he doesn't want to. So, I, you know, as much as we don't, you know, from a Twin Tower standpoint, I don't think he's going to be down there on the block a lot, at least offensively. Defensively, if you're smart, you're trying to run some. Uh, action at Carl Anthony towns and get him down the paint and then maybe do some kickout stuff. But I think that it's a team that offensively is going to be very effective like Minnesota has been over recent years, but defensively it's going to take them a while to really fill it, figure that out. Now you've added Rudy Gobert, who is a defensive player of the year multiple times, and that is going to assist with the shot deterrence at the rim. But I think that there's going to be a lot of switches and ways to manipulate their defense and get them in mismatches in which Carl Anthony towns has to be accountable to the, to your point, Matthew, where, he he might start to feel like a fool, and he might not. He might feel like, yeah, I've always kind of. It's like Anthony Davis, like, yeah, dude, I just want to play the four. All I want to do is play the four. Like Crown Three Towns, like, okay, sweet, I get to play the four now. Oh man, there's a lot of guys who are very athletic who play the four now, you know, and it's gonna be really hard for him to keep up with them. So it'll be interesting to see how his performance goes and and what this team is is. Record-wise, come the All-Star break or, or come the uh, the trade deadline, because to your point, Matthew, I, I could see that. Now you did the same thing last year where you called Kristaps Porzingis. You know, maybe Carl Anthony Towns is one of those guys who's a big name moved at the trade
1: deadline. Well, no, you actually can't. You can't trade him till July seventh of next year. So that's the one thing. I was like, I was like, dang it, it's in the, it's a trade clause. So I think that the only thing that they can do is play through the season. I think they're going to be fine. But he is just like a black hole, kind of, you know, in a way where he's just going to have his shots do what he wants to do on the floor. That's what I'm saying. I don't feel like it fits in that way. It's not like they're going to be tripping over each other, like they said in the chat, as much, mm-hmm. because it will be on different parts of the floor. I just think that Cat is going to play, him off of the, off himself, play himself off the team just because it just doesn't fit the way they're going to want to play there. Do you and, think that's
0: attitude-based, that he'll kind of go into Kevin yeah, Love out mode?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's not like that. It's just like he's just not a winning player. That's the only way I can put it. I don't think he's a winning player. I'm not saying, like, oh, come to Minnesota. We're a winning team. We want to win here. Like, it's not that way. But I think they're trying to move in that direction. I think that they're going to get that from Gobert and Edwards. But, you know, it, it just makes me think it's like they made this big trade for Gobert, you know, and now they have Edwards. Like, they have to move that piece, too. Like, they have to because... It doesn't make sense to me to have both of them, and I think they know that. They're just trying to get through this year with these two guys, and maybe move on from Cat next yeah, year. And
0: yeah, and yeah, your good point. This is an experiment for them. Hey, if this works, fantastic. If not, yeah, Cat is going to be the one who most likely will get moved. You know, because again, you look at like Rudy Gobert's contract. Holy shit, he's he's making uh, yeah. a shite a shite ton of money. You know, but he's on year two of a five year, two hundred five million dollar contract. Right. So he's going to be yeah. when his player option hits in twenty five, twenty six. It's forty six mil, you know, now, granted, that'll oh. be kind of a discount once we get past the new media rights deal, which I think is in twenty five, twenty six. It's twenty four, twenty five or twenty five, twenty six. So that'll start to look like a steal. But no, you're right. I mean, they, it's you know, they're kind of pot committed right now on Gold Bear. It'll be interesting to see how they navigate uh, having both of those guys out there over under forty nine and a half wins. What do you think? I
1: think they'll go over. I think they're going to just be a really good regular season team.
0: I'm gonna go under on them. Are you? Um, okay. you and and I, 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 you're right because much akin to being with the Jazz, they were a good regular season team with Gobert, but they couldn't put it together in the playoffs. I just, I see under. I see uh, some growing pains with this team. I see um, some some injuries. Perhaps can take this team down because a lot of their players are injury prone. Uh, they're doing their best best to kind of fortify the depth on this team. You know, you, you look mm-hmm. further down the the roster, you know, Jada McDaniels, uh, Nas Reed, you know, again, with Bryn Forbes there. Uh, you know, I think that they they have some depth, but it'll be interesting to see if they can hold up. I, I think the one reason that this team is uh, is currently plus 140 on DraftKings is because it's kind of a weak division. You know, again, we already talked about the Jazz. And you look at the next team that we're going to talk about, and that's the <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Like. Yes. This is a team that's win total is projected at 23 and a half. Uh, they didn't add anybody be, via free agency. They add Usman uh, Dieng, uh, Daniel Tice, and Jamichael Green via trade. Uh, the draft, they have Chet Holmgren, who's out for the season now. They also got Jalen Williams with the 12th pick, Peyton Watson, and then just to be Dix with the 34th pick, they drafted another guy named Jalen Williams, spelt differently, but... Uh, so they drafted two guys named Jalen Williams because they had so many picks and they probably were like, ah, fuck, I forget which one we scouted. Um, and then, of course, you know, with Jermichael <laughs> Green, they lost him. So they garnered JaMichael Green. Then they traded him to Golden State uh, and they lost KZ Okapala, uh, free agents, Melvin Frazier. So, you know, you look yeah. at their projected 40 uh, starting five SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Poku, Derek Favors. It's definitely a, a fun and exciting kind of offensive team. But at the same time, they have zero depth, and this is a team that's kind of, you know, once Chet Holmgren went down, they kind of put them in their Wangimbamba uh, sweepstakes.
1: How do you say that? French kid's name? Yeah, I think that's it. You know, it makes sense for them to get, um, what were they calling him on the ringer today? It was like, um, Mr. Something, right? Or Mr. W, I don't know. Um. (laughs) I forget. But, you know, rest in peace, Chet. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know, I was so excited to watch the team because I love their pieces. Like, they have... If SGA is playing, I mean, SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Kitty, and even Trey Mann, like, they're just fun pieces to have on your team. And I wanted to see how that looked. And maybe they can add someone and at the trade deadline or something. Like, last year, I wanted them to go after um, um, Sabonis. I wanted them to add him. Just, like, go for it. Try to make the playoffs. Try to make the play-in. Do something. But, obviously, they're waiting and waiting and waiting um i just i don't know what to do with his team because i just think there's gonna be a trade of course and you know who it is right sga Wait, mm-hmm. can he be traded i try to do the trade machine with him and they won't let me trade him so if anybody in the in the well, chat he, knows, he just signed he's he just signed, i know he just uh, signed yeah five
0: year one seven, 179 uh you know, 30 mil this year, 33, the next, I mean, he's, he's with the team until 2027. My assumption is he's probably not tradable in the trade deadline because he just signed this extension, much akin to Deandre Ayton.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, if it's then, I don't know. I was just thinking like, if you can get a Kyle Lowry, trade him to like, um, obviously the Toronto Raptors, or I'm sorry, not the Toronto Raptors. What the fuck am I talking about? Dude, Kyle Lowry, Miami heat. There you go. Put them on the Miami Heat, and then you can do that little buyout situation where I think the Thunder do it every year where they get some uh, older player over here and they just set up the season, they re- rehabilitate, and then the next year they play so well, so they could do yeah. that. But, um, I was just thinking about that, but I don't know, man. I'm just sick of these wasted years with these Thunder players and stuff. It's just hey, I'm okay old, with it, man.
0: man. We, we used to have wasted years, so I don't have to root for them. Like Shit. this,
1: though. I, it's funny because I feel like we're always actually really, really trying to do something. But it's just like the Thunder just like, eh, we'll take our time. Like They're always just like – they're the tortoise, basically, I guess. And we were just – Yeah, they've
0: they've been like that for a long time. I mean, it's not too long ago, though. I mean, you think about it. Three, four years ago, this is a team that had uh, Russell True. Westbrook. It had Paul George on this team. You know, you've had Chris Paul. Yeah. You've had a lot of big names come through here. And those players left, and they got a shit ton of picks, and they're just trying to figure out the right guys. And that's why, again, you look at that starting lineup. SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy's funny shit to watch. Uh, Poku, yeah, I just is. threw in there. I don't know if he'll actually be a starter. Derek favors, you know? Um, but again, yeah, it's, it's Victor Wemben Yana, We're okay. we'll have to get used to that name. Cause he's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And he's kind of the sweepstakes this year. And I think that they look at him and they go, well, that's another kind of modern NBA player who could fit in here. And, you know, they could spend five years trying to win, but you know, Oklahoma city, you know, whereas, whereas, whereas I look at like, uh, Some teams, and I go, you know, that's a good league pass team, like Charlotte. Charlotte isn't projected to do much this year, but I'm still going to tune in and kind of watch them. Oklahoma City Thunder is a team like, I hate their colors. I hate their jerseys. (laughs) I hate their logo. (laughs) I think they have the worst logo in the fucking league. And then you have just like a shit show on the court. I will not tune in and watch any of their games and watch any of the development. Uh, And you know what? They'll beat the Suns once this year. right? it on the board.
1: It always happens. You think so, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I think that nothing else. Well and then nothing let's talk else about let's do it. Let's talk about <laughs>
0: another team who's has a very low win total projected. Uh, and that is the Portland Trailblazers, 39 and a half. You know, they kind of have this team being a 500 team. Um, Gary Payton Jr., or the second, is who they've acquired via free agency, as well as Devontae Cook from the Spurs. And via trade, they got Jeremy Grant. Uh, that's the big move. You know, they also got uh, Ismail Kamagate, uh, who they end up trading to Denver. Um, but they got Joe Ingles. Uh, they lost him to Milwaukee. Uh, free agents, Eric Bledsoe, Ben McLemore, Elijah Hughes, Kelvin, uh, Kelgen Blevins. Mm-hmm. And their projected starting five is Damon Lillard, Anthony Simons, and Nasir Little, Jeremy Grant, and Yusef Nurkic. Uh, interesting thing for Portland, huh? You know, this is a team that last year, I think you and I, when we did the, the – season previews we took a look at this team and we realized that you know they had some decent pieces there and they but but they were definitely taking a step backwards and then of course they blew it up in the middle of the season this is a team that i'm going to be very interesting to see how they come together and how they compete
1: yeah i mean how exciting i don't (laughs) i don't know yeah i'm excited to watch them i just it's the health thing and then um i think they can win like Los low sun says in the chat i think they can win 50 or else he actually says 45 wins so <laughs> you know who you know i'm thinking that they're going to be at least 50 wins to this team really it's a good regular yeah i think it's a good regular season team man i think that there's just something about playing damian lillard and nurkic when they're together they're healthy and you know you throw in jeremy grant there it's just it's going to be a team that's going to just a lot of hustle, I feel like, on this team. and They're just going to be able to like keep up with a lot of teams out in the West. Uh, I'm not saying they're a playoff threat, but who knows. But, I mean, it comes down to just the regular season and if they can stay healthy. I just, I don't know. I don't even want to say it. I was going to say Damian Lillard, all that stuff. I just, it gets old after a while. It gets no, old for I me even you. saying it every preview we do at the season. And that's even old to say that, too. Like, it's just old even talking about this. But um, good colors, though. I love that. Looks good. Yeah, the, yeah, red.
0: yeah the, the graphic looks really <laughs> nice. It's one of the better graphics that we put together here uh, at the Sun's Jam about? Session podcast. Yeah, I mean, what they are your just, thoughts,
1: though, dude?
0: I don't know. You know, I mean, they're a team that, you know, they, they re signed Nurkic to a four year, $70 million contract, which I think is a great contract for them. Um, they waved a bunch of guys. They really didn't, you know, Jeremy Grant was the big one. They went and they got Jeremy Grant. They didn't have to give up too much to get him. I think that was the shocking thing. You know, everybody was talking. Uh, about what it's going to take to get Jeremy Grant. He was one of those kind of big names that people thought were going to be moved. And when it came down to it, you know, all they gave up was a 2025 first round pick that was top four protected a 2026 second round pick, uh, which was a pick swap. And then a 2022 second round pick. That's all they gave up for Jeremy Grant was three picks. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a pick swap and the other one's top four project protected. So, I think everyone was kind of shocked by that, but this is a team that I really thought after, after doing what they did last year, right. I mean, you take a look at, at what their, their transactions were last year, right. They, they, they get uh, Norman Powell, right. From the, uh, uh, from the Toronto Raptors, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. they gave up like Rodney hood, um, Gary Trent jr. Gave him up. So they bring him Norman Powell. Um, and then they, they they get uh Larry, they have Larry Nance on the team for a little bit and they're they starting to build around Dame Lillard, and you're like, this is this is fucking fantastic. And then what they end up doing is they with that that trade with the New Orleans Pelicans at the trade deadline, they give up Larry Nance Jr., they give up CJ McCollum. Um, they get like Josh Hart, they get a couple other players, a couple other picks, and they don't do anything this offseason that I really feel fortifies. The overall roster, you know, again, you go through the current roster and you look at their depth and, and whatnot. You know, Dame Lillard, Anthony Simons are the two top paid guys. Obviously, Dame's at forty two point four; he gets paid a ton. You got Jeremy Grant, you use of Nurkic, Josh Hart, who I was really big on last year. I wanted the Suns to get Gary Payton the second, Shaden Sharp, and sear Little. Justice Winslow's on the team. Keon Johnson, former Spur, Drew Eubanks, screenbound I mean, they just they the the depth is lacking. So they had all these really good assets. And I just feel like, again, they just didn't get enough for him. They gave up picks, so they they kind of made a, a steal in getting Jeremy Grant. But for Norman Powell going to the Clippers and for uh, uh, C.J. McCollum, they got picks and stuff, but, I mean, they're kind of in rebuild mode too, and it kind of sucks for Dane.
1: Yeah, they kind of are, and they kind of aren't. I mean, I think that they just have to have their pieces at the starting five, and they have them, you know, to win some games out in the West. I know they don't have the depth, but... I mean during the season it means a lot to have the depth. I mean the Suns have always had the depth during the season and then they just don't in the playoffs. It always fails yeah. them towards the end, but in the season it matters a lot, but um I don't know man, maybe there's some more moves out there for them. I don't I'm not sure what's going to Potentially, go on
0: there. potentially, you know, and again, Dame is, you know, mad respect to Dame, much akin to Devin Booker. He is a I am staying here kind of guy. Uh and I'll yeah. ride the wave with you, but man, it's like Portland is just another one of those teams who, you know, again, their win total is 35 and a half, or 39 and a half. I, am I going under again? Like, I think this is the third team or the fourth team that I'm just saying under, 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 under in the Northeast Division. Thus far. <laughs> Who's going to win? Well, the last, win the, the last team, the go. Nuggets. All right, there you go. <laughs> They're projected for 49 and a half win, and I think that's a massive over. I think that this is a team that could win, you know, 55, almost 60 games. Uh, if they can stay healthy, obviously, but you look at what they did in free agency, they added Deandre Jordan from the Philadelphia 76ers, which is kind of a nice reprieve at, at backup center. You know, he's old. He's kind of, you know, he's used up, but you can throw him out there for five, 10 minutes and he can just foul people, uh, via trade. They got Kadavis Caldwell Pope from Washington, as well as ish Smith. Uh, they're the ones who end up ultimately ended up with Ismael Kamagate from Portland by way of Detroit. Uh, Peyton Watson, they also got from OKC. They've drafted Christian Braun with the 21st pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Uh, They lost Monte Morris and Will Barton to Washington. They lost Austin Rivers and Bryn Forbes to Minnesota. So they really took a hit on their guard depth. Uh, Jamichael Green, they lost to OKC. Free agents, fuck you, Compazzo, DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Howard. So if you look at their projected starting five, you have Jamal Murray, Cadavis Caldwell Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikolai Jokic thoughts on the denver nuggets and the only reason i think they're going to win a ton of games is they're in this division they got to play all these teams i think they're just going to beat up on all these teams
1: yeah true i mean i can see like 55 wins but i love their starting lineup obviously if they're healthy um that's always a thing with this team just like kind of like the blazers in a way but even worse just because they have so much potential and we've seen it it's not the whole jamal murray thing but the michael porter jr he's just something that some guys can be transcendent. i think he's a very very fascinating player that could be even a star maybe a superstar if he can stay healthy dude because that guy can just flat out shoot for that size he's just he's insanely talented so he helps nikola Jokic, who won of course won mvp last year so it's a good team it's a fucking really good team what scares me is now it's just like if they're good on paper and stuff you can just see a lot of people really taking them over the suns this year you know what i mean in a way they kind of always have but I feel like with what's going on with the Suns and how they named Kevin Durant, they're still the same team. I think a lot of people can look at this Nuggets team and think, "Oh, they they actually have a chance to be a higher seed than the Suns." Mm-hmm. I say, yeah, go for it. Go ahead, take the uh, higher seed. <laughs> you know, because it doesn't matter, right? Well, and I
0: think, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, I think that part of that thinking is you take a look at the division that the Suns are in, which we'll get to in a couple weeks. The Pacific di- Division is where we'll close out these uh, these divisional recaps. You know, obviously, we'll be doing. Uh, whatever the division is called, I don't even know the name of it. The one that the Mavericks and Houston and the Spurs are in, uh, and the Pelicans and one of the, the Midwest, right? The Midwest, whatever it is. is it the Midwest? Uh, we'll be doing that one next week. We'll be doing the Pacific, the Nets. So, I can see what you're saying, and I agree with you. The Nuggets are going to be a team that I think is going to play well against their division. They're going to get they're going to rack up some wins, they're going to look pretty good against some pretty bad teams. And to your point, the the narrative will be, well, this team will have a higher seed than the Phoenix Suns simply because uh their record and because the suns play the Pacific division and it's one of the hardest divisions in the uh in the NBA with the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Clippers in there. Uh and those Spurs or I mean and those and those Kings. Um because fuck the Lakers. Uh but I mean the Nuggets are projected to win this division. Um and it's clear why. It's clear why. You know they're currently negative 140 and I think they just have they've the most most talent. They have a back-to-back MVP uh, Jamal Murray is going to be back. He's going to be healthy. This team's going to be competitive. They're going to be hungry. Uh, they're going to be angry. And, and you know, I think that this is going to be a team that's going to be kind of, uh, like you said, in the eyes of the national media. Um, they're going to be a team that's people are going to really kind of be drawn to, I feel. Uh, Southwest Division, Hayes out zero. Yes, yeah, Southwest Division is that last division.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And thank, um, you, thank they, you. They will, they, they, they will, but they'll be like kind of like the, well, of course, they're the comeback team, you know, but. They're just kind of like the sexier team now. I know it doesn't look like it too much, but I just they're think a lot of... The of they're they're going to be, be like the pick. They're going to be like the media pick to do yes, something this year. Yes. Maybe it's not like to win a championship because obviously where we're talking about the Pacific Division, but it's you know the team that can make some noise. That's going to be this Nuggets team this year.
0: I completely agree. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on this division? Do you think the, do you think the Nuggets are the team that w- ultimately wins the yeah. Northwest Division?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Unless OKC just starts out hot and they get that trade. <laughs> right no, yeah, they're the ones who they,
0: they end up with Carl Anthony Towns. It might be close though between you know. Minnesota and them.
1: I mean, Minnesota's going to rack up the wins. I just think that I know it's going to maybe take some time to gel, but mm-hmm. I just think they're going to come out lightning fast.
0: Well, they are the most boring division in the, uh, in the Western Conference, so that's why we yeah. did it this week. Next week, we will be doing the Southwest Division. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Sons related. Otherwise, uh, did you watch the big three tournament at all?
1: No, I did not. I heard something about Earl Clark. Is there something going on yeah, with that dude? Earl,
0: Earl Clark. If for those of you, I remember Earl Clark, man, just let me start there. Remember Earl Clark. I do. I was a fan. I, he just didn't I, have a motor. I, yeah, he had no motor, but I loved Earl Clark and he was, yeah. I, I caught some of the big three and he was on the championship team and I forget the, the, the name of the championship team, uh, but he was on it and he was putting up like 18 points. You know, they pay, they played to, I believe 50 and you know, he, he 18 points uh, a game, you know, 22 points in the clinching win. And I'm like, there's Earl fucking Clark out there. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> And and I exactly I the words that came to my mind when I thought about Earl Clark and how he performed as a member of the Phoenix Suns was no motor, and then when I saw him in the Big Three, I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. That's like the perfect speed for Earl Clark, you it know. Is. There's no full court perfect shit. Age from, too, right? Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> you know, they had the celebrity game. Gronk's out there like playing. I was just like, oh, geez, man. And then somebody in my league drafted Gronk. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um,
1: I remember he was at the time my girlfriend's favorite player. She's like, oh, who's that guy? I'm
0: Earl like, Clark. Oh. Well, he was yeah, on that who, Louisville team guy, right? that was He's so damn good. Was it man. Louisville? He was, yeah, yeah. Okay. And when the Suns got him, I we had like the fourteenth or Or well, it was two thousand seven, I think, is when we got him. So I don't remember what mm-hmm. our pick was, but we got Earl Clark, and I'm like, dude, he is gonna take us to the next level. He's gonna be one of those bench players who's just gonna progress this team uh, into something special. Right in the middle of the seven seconds or less era. And yeah, it's like he didn't get much playing time. He had, like, no, like you said, no motor. He just, he was out there. He looked lost. Uh, he looked a lot like, uh, God, who I was thinking about this the other day. Who does he remind me of? Um, Who's uh, kind of like Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender was a guy who, like, he had a higher motor, obviously, but like he just looked lost all the time. He didn't know what he was supposed to be. Am I supposed to shoot from the outside? Do they want me to dunk? I can't play physical. And I think Earl Clark was just kind of the same, same realm. So, uh, yeah, he congratulations like to the... Earl Clark for winning a big three championship.
1: Yeah, congrats. I'm sorry I missed it too. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty <laughs> so fun, fun to isn't? watch.
0: Uh, catch. Have you caught up on any of the Euro stuff that's going on? Seen Darno Sarge no. out there looking ever so sexy with the man, bud?
1: No. Does, don't tell me. Does he have a man bun? That's awesome. Dude, He's been Dario's he so man bun. bun he's in not it, balding, bro. though. He's not no. balding, though, baby. It's a beautiful okay. man
0: bun. It's it's almost like Lou. Remember all when right. Sweet Lou Amundsen used to rock the man bun? Yeah, I didn't like it on him. Well, it looks good white on trash. Dario. And it looks good on Dario. That's
1: okay, all I'm good saying. Yeah, yeah. Lou was too white trash. I mean, Sorry I can pull it off. Saric can do anything, dude. <laughs> that guy's <Sorry>. awesome. <laughs> man, he's he, nobody
0: falls down like Dario Sarish, man. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Dak being out for like five, eight to eight? weeks?
1: Oh, that's the way you do it. Actually, I was watching a video. Did you see there was some fans throwing shit at him when he's going in the? Yeah, tunnel? yeah, yeah. I didn't see that till today. Yeah, I mean, you would never know watching those games that the fans actually give a shit because they don't make any noise. But <laughs> I guess they did. You know, <laughs> you know, that's the way it goes. I don't. I didn't really have any hopes, like just like you with the Cardinals this year. I didn't have any high None. hopes for the for the uh, Cowboys. I just thought it was going to be a down year. Um, now it's going to be even worse. So well, won't even go. watch probably.
0: No, you'll watch. You just won't care. That's the, that's the key. I just you watch. Won't you just don't yeah. care. So yeah. says Jay's in the chat. He says he currently has a man bun too. Does I'll he? tell you. I'll tell you this, Justin. Probably looks sexy as hell on you, just like it does Dario Sarge. I yeah. guarantee that. That's why you guys need to do a video podcast, so you can show off the many looks of of <laughs> Justin. Because like, yeah, he has so much. I hair. got one look: bearded guy with a hat. That's like my one look. Yeah, yeah. I've been this Justin, way since I was. just, he can have like long hair. <laughs> then he can like man bun it. Then he'll have like a beard, and then he'll have like a Fu Manchu, and like he he does like the, the guy's a chameleon. He's got mm-hmm. so many different looks. Yeah, I every can't time do I any see the picture, them. Of them. I got one. I, it's look.
1: not like I glance at the picture. I don't study them for very long, but he always looks different
0: so he does he's a chameleon so on that note well i think i think we'll go ahead and get out of here thank you jamsters for once yes. again joining us whether you're watching along on youtube facebook or twitter if you happen to be here hit the thumbs up down uh, thumbs up button down below we appreciate it helps with the algorithms lets people know hey I want to watch some Suns content. I'm going to go check out the Suns gym session podcast. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate it too. That's how I prefer my pods. I like to listen to them. So subscribe rate review. If you're on Spotify, give us a five star. If you're on Apple podcast, give us a five star review. We truly appreciate it. We'll be coming to you again next Wednesday at 8 PM as we explore the Southwest division. And if there's any new Suns updates, uh, we'll be giving those to you. One thing I've got one mission, Matthew. So one thing I'm going to be doing this year. Is thanks to Dave King, I'm gonna be assisting with covering uh, Sun's Media Day for Bright Side of the Sun this year.
1: Nice. So, I was gonna so ask I, you about that because last year weren't you
0: I was supposed to go, but I had to fly to Sacramento the morning of yeah. media day. I got a <laughs> yeah. latest assignment at work. Yeah. I was like, motherfucker, of all the goddamn days they're gonna send me when it's when is Sun's that? Media Day? Uh, the 26th of September, Monday, the twenty sixth.
1: Dude, nice. You're gonna see him up and close. Yeah. Oh, so what I'm gonna cool. do, Let me I'm gonna that.
0: ask, I'm gonna ask him the hard hitting questions. So if anybody has any ideas for questions, you know, leave comments in the YouTube chat and uh, maybe I'll ask some of them. But there's one thing I want to do. I want to get like Devin Booker to be like, this is Devin Booker and you're listening to the Suns Jam Session <laughs> oh, Podcast. I'm sure, I'm and sure I want to overlay that over our intro. That's like my I want to do that. And obviously, you're I want to get a lot kicked of good out. Content. You're going to yeah. get kicked out. Are you going show with up Dave
1: or are you, sh- are you doing it for him? Uh, with, Dave, with Dave
0: uh, and a couple other guys from Brightside cool man yeah i'm gonna Very show awesome, up in man. all my son's gear dave and i'm just gonna be total fanboy. i'm gonna wear my eight and jersey backwards and just be like i love the sun oh my god dude. no i'm gonna be a be professional, professional right? that's what i am i am right. a professional.
1: well that's congrats you. that's that's really exciting news
0: it'll be really fun and we'll drop it over this intro uh once we once we get that audio so looking forward to it matthew
1: yeah everyone go home and love your uh, media day family